0: You can experience high months of success if you don't exercise, if you eat the wrong foods, if you don't get enough sleep, if you've got high stress, low life balance, all of those things, the body will still keep going. And you prove that until it doesn't. Welcome to the High Performance Health Podcast with your host, Angela Foster. The show where we talk about everything you need to break through limits and achieve a high performance mind, body, and lifestyle.
1: Hi, Fran. So as we reflect on the year that has just passed, which was a pretty crazy year, I don't think many of us could have predicted for one moment at the beginning of 2020 or even the end of 2019 what was going to happen. And it's definitely been a time of rapid change. And looking ahead to 2021, I know that many people are reflecting right now and also planning on what they can achieve and rethinking and resetting their goals. So Today's interview is really timely because in it, I sit down with Michelle Sederberg, who is an author, coach, and sought-after motivational speaker. Michelle specializes in helping people who are stuck shift into a life that energizes and fulfills them, and her areas of expertise include work-life balance, productivity, and health and fitness. Michelle has been featured in the media multiple times, and she's just released a new book, The Success Energy Equation. And we dive into that equation in this podcast and show you how to combat modern stress and tap into a well of energy that will fuel every area of your life. Michelle talks about how slowing down and listening to your body can help you to work better and how a focus on health and energy management really sustain your efforts to do so. And I think many of us do live in the kind of Society at the moment where it's a sort of bit go big or go home. And there's a place for that sometimes for sure. But you can't continue to just keep pushing on a perpetual level at that peak because that can lead to burnout, as I found in my own experience. And so in this episode, we talk about how you can really manage your energy for success and how to set realistic goals so that you can achieve um, and actually, in fact, achieve way more than you ever thought possible. I think many of us really underestimate what we may achieve within um, three years, but we often overestimate what we can do within a year. And another great book that I've recently reread on this actually is The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. And there's another great book of his called Turning Pro. And they're very succinct. They're short and um, to the point and extremely helpful. And Stephen Pressfield talks about the difference between an amateur and a pro. And amateurs tend to focus on their goals, whereas professionals focus on their habits. Amateurs are obsessed with the outcome and they're looking for that instant gratification of quick results or a sprint to success. But they can really struggle with resistance and procrastination because they have this intense focus on the end result, whereas professionals treat success more like a marathon and not a sprint. And they focus on the habits, the daily habits that will naturally help them to achieve their goals as a byproduct and will really truly propel them forward. And so it's really that power of being 1% better every single day. And that enables you to look back on the year and really see just how far you've come. And Michelle and I dive into that in today's episode. We talk about how you can really maintain and enhance high energy levels so that you can consistently bring it day after day. So I think this is a really timely episode. And as I say, looking forward and moving into 2021, I think you'll find it valuable in terms of your own reflection on the year and planning for 2021. So I hope you get a lot of value from it. And I'm really looking forward as always to hearing your feedback. So feel free to email me, Angela at AngelaFosterPerformance.com. But now without further ado, let me introduce you to Michelle Sederberg. So, I'm absolutely thrilled today to be joined by Michelle Sederberg. I have been diving into her book, a brand new book that launched just this year, The Success Energy Equation. Um, it's so in alignment with what I talk about all the time, Michelle, in terms of how to really achieve long-term success in life. Um, so, it's, it's just amazing to have you here. Welcome to the show.
0: I'm so thrilled to be here.
1: Brilliant. I can't wait to get stuck in. So, I've got lots of questions. I've got lots of notes here. So, if, <laughs> if you see me looking down, it's because uh, there's quite a few topics I want to um, I want to talk to you about, basically. But let's start with um, people that are listening, basically know, many of the long-term listeners know my own story of kind of getting to the point of total burnout and As you say in the book, managing your energy is such an important component of success. And and even though you can have success without it, I think you make a really good point in the book that, yes, there are people who neglect their health and neglect looking after themselves and they may achieve success, but that A may not be sustainable, or even if it is for a period of time, maybe there are even higher levels that they could get to if only they were to look after their mind and body. Um, And so... You have a formula, the success energy equation, which I think is brilliant because it breaks it down and there's components to all of it. So I have that success equals goals multiplied by fuel times belief and discipline to the power of energy. Is that a fair way of putting it? I'm sure you can explain this way better than I can.
0: Yeah, that's that's the gist of it. But it's basically <laughs> that we have, we want to set uh, 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 exciting goals and then it's a, our goal achievement is a function of the belief we have in ourselves and the discipline we have to do the work. And all of those three are raised to the power of awesome with, you know, by the energy within.
1: By the energy. Brilliant. So let's break this down because I think that, First of all, the belief, this is the bit that some people uh, struggle with. And then other people actually have incredible self-belief. And I think you talk about that as well in the book, almost being the dreamer, where you dream you can achieve it, but maybe you don't have the discipline to go alongside it. But I'm guessing that particularly among a female audience, um, we tend to fall down a little bit on the belief because we beat ourselves up and we have that inner voice in our head. How can we... How can we have empowering beliefs that can really drive us forward? What what builds those? It's so interesting because
0: most of us will have belief in ourselves about some things. Um, mo- some of us will have more belief in ourselves than others. And it, it's something, quite honestly, that just takes practice because our inner voice is very manipulative. Mm. <laughs> that inner critic, that inner voice that we have, and we all have one, will talk to us to quote unquote, keep us safe, to keep us protected. But in many ways, it holds us back from becoming our most amazing selves. Um, I, in, the, in the book, I talk about the four R's for reframing how you talk to yourself because we all, I think, have the best intentions to be better, do better, and have more. And one of the biggest things that stops us, as you mentioned, is self-doubt and questioning ourselves and, and telling ourselves we can't. And, and so
1: the four R's, you want me to explain the four R's? Yeah, let's explain the four R's because I think that would help people. So this is this is when you have a belief that's come in, isn't it? Um, yeah. come, have, a thought that's come into your head that is pretty negative.
0: Well, and, and you know, on a daily basis, we need to pay attention to how we talk to ourselves. And so the first R is to recognize when your thoughts become unproductive. You can have those days where you're talking to yourself really negatively, saying, you know, I can't do this. This is hard. I suck. Nobody's going to take me seriously. Whatever the languaging is, you know, we've all had those moments. So recognize when your thoughts become unproductive and just kind of stop what you're doing in that moment. And then remind yourself of all of your past wins, your current successes, your enduring capacity as a human being, because we are so much stronger than we give ourselves credit for. If you think back over the things that you've overcome, and you know, in your story, Angela, you have a lot of them. Um, the, you know, and if it's if it's getting through school, if it's getting through a difficult illness, if it's getting through a tough divorce, if it's getting through the pandemic, <laughs> whatever it might be, with your shoulders squared, those are all wins. If you did it before, you can do it again, and then your current successes. Right now, just as you are, I mean, I'm guessing that most of your listeners are pretty darn remarkable. You're knocking it out of the park every single day with taking care of your kids, getting work done, navigating the pandem- pandemic, all the things that you're doing to, you know, to, to, to be successful. And we have to remind ourselves of that because our negativity bias will put us into, oh, I just didn't do that thing. You know, We'll focus on the negative rather than all of the wonderful things that are happening around us. And then the third R is to reframe negative thinking into what's possible. Now this is where the practice comes in because when we are having one of those negative moments, it's so easy to say, "Ugh, oh, I can't do it. This is hard." And your brain wants you to be successful, at, so if you feed it the right information, it's gonna it's gonna work hard for you. But if you say, "Oh, it can't be done," your brain says, "Well, my job here is done. I'll, I'll go on to some other problem." But if you reframe into possibilities how might i how might i achieve this goal how might i work towards this dream how might i get the time money energy to do this thing that i want so badly it's a really powerful reframing because when you put it in the form of a question the brain goes oh i've got a problem to solve now and this is where your listeners have to have a little bit of patience because we are an instant gratification society so we'll ask ourselves how might i and we want the answer right away but we've got to give we've got to give ourselves time to look for it in the world around us. That how might I question will help us to see the possibilities. And then the last R is repeat, 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 repeat because we need to practice positive uh, thinking, positive mindset.
1: Yeah. That's very, very powerful. I want to kind of drill down a little bit on some of these mm-hmm. because I was, I was making some notes there because it's, it's interesting. So the first step is recognizing that is the first R. And then the reminding is that you have achieved before, just to summarize. So you have you have overcome battles before. And then the third bit, the reframe, is very powerful because it's almost like you're saying ask a question or even ask if you were asking a question and it's the wrong one because your brain's like Google, isn't it? Ask a better question. So how yes. can I get that success? Um, now how does that link with affirmations because these are really misunderstood aren't they and a lot of people struggle with them because if you say um, I am successful or I attract unlimited amounts of wealth and you there's no evidence of that at all the brain just goes don't be silly (laughs) like not you you're not you're not doing that or you know you've always struggled with your weight and it'd be like no you can never be thin it's so difficult isn't it because your brain always wants to Dive in with something negative, as you say, to keep you safe. Um, when you're doing that reframe, I guess there's two points there. One is we're asking a question, but do affirmations play a role in this? Can you program your brain for success?
0: I, I think that we can because we're so used to. Our brains will go to the negative angle of anything more quickly than it will the positive. And so it's just another way to practice. We almost want to hear ourselves saying those words as if we are them so that we can manifest that in our day to day just to just to let it kind of sink into the dna i am successful well in many ways you are even if you part of you thinks that you're not you know whatever the affirmation is part of you is already that whether you think you are or not wealth can be you know i am you know abundantly wealthy there's many ways that we are abundantly wealthy that don't necessarily have to do with money but we'll let those ideas land and hopefully start to Create a more positive outlook that will have us looking out into the world for possibility rather than, um, you know, defeat. Because yes. if we're if we're looking towards the horizon at what's possible, we're going to be working a lot harder to get there than just to sit here and wallow in, you know, in the in the difficulty of of whatever it is that the negative part of our brain has.
1: Yeah, the kind of sea of uncertainty. It's interesting as well, isn't it? Because it's a bit like um, with the four-minute mile. Once someone believes it's possible, then suddenly a lot of other people can do it. And I see my own clients that actually when you start then breaking that down and I really want to chat to you about goals in a minute so people can set those steps but when you start to achieve a little bit of success in an area then suddenly it makes everything possible so I saw it on a health-related goal with a client just today who had always been about 20% body fat he wanted he was never fat he just He wanted to have more muscle. He wanted to be leaner. It was important to him, but he couldn't believe that it was possible. But then once he got to 15 percent, it was like, well, hey, if I can get to 15, I can get to 10. And he achieved it. it. And time almost collapses. People think it's going to take forever to achieve some of these things. Whereas actually space and time starts to collapse as soon as your belief goes to the fact that this actually is possible for you.
0: And it becomes a process. We, we focus so much on the outcome mm. rather than doing the mm. small steps every single day that, that are going to get us there. And I, I'm a big believer in small steps. The book I wrote a few years ago is called Energy Now, Small Steps to an Energetic Life because I do believe that all of us are going to get towards our goals quicker if we take small, consistent steps every single day towards that dream, mm. You know, rather than a great big leap every couple of weeks when the time and energy suddenly becomes available. We'll tell ourselves a small step isn't a good step. But then, you know, three months, three years down the line, we'll turn around and look from where we came and think, wow, like, that's a long, I've I've gone through a lot. And we need to give ourselves that credit, process versus outcome. So A, enjoy the journey. Um, B, have a process and apply it consistently, even if it is in small steps. And, and, you know, by the time that you reach your outcome you know it could be weeks it could be months it could be years but you it's like you said the time will collapse because you're starting to experience those little successes
1: yeah and it's that power isn't it of the one percent every one percent better every day makes such an incredible difference um we we, we are a,
0: a you know um go bigger go home society you know if we're, if we're striving for success we want it all and we want it now and i think that Something what I write about in the book is to kind of pause and be present with what's here right now, and 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 you know take your take your uh, next steps um, consistently.
1: Yeah, and that's how you make a meaningful, lasting change, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, now it's interesting with that reframe because when you ask the question, "How might I?" Yeah. What about tips for then finding the answer? So for me, I have certain things that I think help me access that more creative side. So, for example, um, meditation is a great one for me. Um, going out for a run, just being out in the countryside and just thoughts just come in and they're so powerful. I wish I could write them down when I was running. That's the only downside of of getting these things on a run. You have to kind of come back and just busy and scribble away. But what would you say is what's helpful for people have you found to find the answer to those questions?
0: Well, those two suggestions that you mentioned are right up there. I mean, our brain fires up when we get, get movement. So if you want to be in a creative space, then a lot of research suggests get out and go for a walk, get out and go for a run, do something physical to get your mind and body fired up. Um, and meditation, I can't say enough of, of the benefits of just sitting in quiet. And here's the thing, stress and creativity cannot coexist. Our brain can't do both of those, it can't worry and create at the same time. And so if 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 we slow down and give ourselves those moments in our day when we're not multitasking, when we're not uh, with our face in the screen, where when, when we're just kind of being present, um, quiet, whatever it might be, it's like you said, your, your brain will then start to wake up and give you all the great ideas. It could be taking a bath, it could be sitting and drinking a cup of tea from start to finish and not wandering your, around your kitchen until it gets cold just sit and be with it. It could be journaling because anytime we sit and we make with pen in hand or, you know, then it gives our our mind a chance to just percolate, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Making, you know, just making bread or doing crafts or anything that gets us out of our devices and into our mind and body. It's amazing what can happen.
1: Yeah, it is amazing. Um, It's amazing. And those things just kind of they come to you. That's the thing. You almost can't think your way out of something. You need to have a, a free mind, I think, for the best ideas to come. Um, you also mention in the book, and I know you, you you said to me earlier about being a kinesiologist as well, The that your body hears everything you say. And it's a bit like there's that book, The Body Keeps the Score. And it does, right? And we seem to accumulate this stress over time um can you elaborate a little bit more on that and and how people can avoid falling into that trap
0: well i, I do talk about that in the belief chapter you know when uh, with connected to how we talk to ourselves your body hears everything you say um and that's part of the reason why affirmations are are, are good because they're uplifting rather than negative but your body hears everything you say i it, i i think that it can carry into all aspects of our Um, lives and how we treat it it's amazing you know your physical body and the brilliant mind in it is a wonderful piece of machinery and amazingly intuitive if we just listen to it but we're not often listening to it we are you know stuck with our noses and our devices and we're disconnected from what's happening in here and, and what we're feeding ourselves, you know, through our devices and social media channels or how we talk to ourselves, all of that kind of, I, I kind of like to think it lands in our in our cells and, and can, can impact our day. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've often spent time on social media and come off of it feeling really crappy about myself, you know, <laughs> trying to do the comparisonitis, you know. Mm. For sure because people.
1: people are presenting the best bits of their life and that's the yep. thing and then it can feel like well hey how have they managed to do like that they're doing amazing things with their children while having you know a super successful business and they're incredibly fit whereas actually you're just seeing a snapshot of you know a few minutes a week that they've they've posted
0: yeah and I think that we need to you know in those moments check in with ourselves and and you know, ask ourselves, what do I want for myself? You know, separate from anybody else out there, if I'm witnessing some amazing life on, on social media, I have to ask myself, is that what I actually want for myself? Because if, mm-hmm. if it is, then I should probably get off social media and get on with my plan. But if it's not, you know, then I need to ask myself, what do I actually want for myself? And be okay with whatever version of success I come up with for myself. And that's probably one of the keys is that we need to define success for ourselves And it is different for everyone. Mm. And once we come up with our own, then we can go ahead with the plan and not have to worry about, you know, checking what's happening over the fence or, you know, in the social media.
1: Yeah, so true. And I, I think it was one holiday that I was reading was saying this um that basically when you when people look at somebody else and they think well i wish i had that or i wish i was like that there's one quality or circumstance that they're looking at whereas if they actually then take the extra step and go you can't just cherry pick so if i transpose myself into their life is that really what i now want and almost always the answer will be no um mm-hmm. but we tend to just cherry pick don't we and go well i oh, they're there like that they look like that or they do this <laughs> We do. And that's
0: why I I believe in the power of gratitudes as well. Daily gratitudes Mm -hmm. to stop and ask yourself, you know, at the beginning of the day, what's three things that I'm grateful for? Because you'll look around you and you realize, wow, like I I love my life. I love my kids. Mm -hmm. I love my dog. I love my Christmas tree. I've just put mine up, you know, (laughs) you know, those kinds of things. And you just sit in the, okay, you know, things are tough right now. And there's a lot of good going on because when we focus on the positive, we will notice that there's a lot more of that going on in our lives, hopefully, than the challenging stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so, I think it's so powerful. I love the, the five minute journal for that uh, mm-hmm. in the morning just because it has the prompts. It makes it easy. And then you can also review the day. Um, so we've looked at beliefs there. Now, um, there's a couple of things. So obviously, I want to dive into goals because this is a great time of year. We're recording this in December. Um, Everyone's got January coming up. Um, And I also want to talk to you about discipline, but I think goals comes first. So how do we set goals? People get confused about this and you go into quite a bit of detail in it on the book. But can you summarize how can we set effective goals for us that we're going to achieve? Yeah, it's a,
0: it's a it's a loaded question because um, a lot of people don't like goals, and they probably don't like them because the way that they've been doing them haven't worked. Um, I don't believe in resolutions, in, incidentally. I don't believe that we should start January 1st with a new set of goals that has a December 31st end date, mm. and you know, I think we should always kind of be present to what we want and need for ourselves. So in the book, I talk about getting present to the mess, stopping and pausing long enough to really just... Know what you want for yourself. I said that question before. What do, What do I want with anything in your life? With your career, with your family, with your relationships, with your health. And when we write write down our goals, I say, "Oh gosh, people don't like to write down their goals," but I think it's the most uh, important part of goal setting. You know, partly because of how it you know feeds our brain. People are familiar with SMART goals, but specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, time-based, and I write in the book that I think SMART goals are pretty dumb. Mm -hmm. Not that we shouldn't write goals, but I have a different version of of how we should kind of tap into our goals that uses the same acronym. Um, do you want me to share that?
1: Yeah, let's share it. How should we? Because uh, so, I, I, I was interested in it, and some of them you're swapping because you still use the same acronym as you say. So as you can, I do. I use the smart to acronym. To I say
0: we're going to put the art and smart and begin with the end in mind. So T is usually time based, and I think that that's an important one to a degree. If we have a great big goal, it might be a bit overwhelming. So we want to make it into small steps so that we can achieve it. You know, at least part way through you know, in a reasonable amount of time. But that T, I also want to add in for thrilling. You know, when you're thinking about your goals, what's a way that you can get that goal kind of in your body going, oh my God, I can't wait to get to that. I'm thrilled. That would be thrilling. And, And most of your listeners probably already have goals like this and they're the ones that won't go away. They're the ones that they're always there going, I just, Oh, I really want to run a marathon. Oh, I really want to write a book. Oh, I really want to stand on a stage and present to audiences. Those are three of mine that never went away. The R is, is usually realistic. And, um, you know, I think we, you know, realistic is safe. Um, it's okay. But the R that I want to put in there is resonant. How can you make your goal kind of exciting enough that it just vibrates in you? So if, if, uh, thrilling goal is I want to run a marathon, the, the resonance in that would be I'm going to run, you know, a destination marathon rather than, you know, being in Calgary in May, I'm going to go to Honolulu in December. So that excitement of adding that element mm. to my goal, resonance. And then the A is the one that I want your listeners to pay the most attention to because A is usually achievable. And I think that's ridiculous and redundant because if we're setting goals, we're setting them to achieve them. And at least that, that would be my hope. And so instead of achievable, this is the one that is going to be the game changer. Change that A to accountable, to having someone or something helping you to stay accountable to that goal. Now here's the tough thing, by doing so, that means you have to have to do the work, which is the game changer, because once we are held accountable, we don't always want to do the things that are going to get us success. We don't always want to dig in. That's the discipline piece. Doing the things you don't want to do, even if you don't want to do them, because you know the results it'll bring. We don't always want to do them. Accountability will change that. And then specific mm. and measurable can stay the same. If I'm if I'm running a marathon, um, you know, there's a certain distance. that's 26.2 kilometers, and the one that I ran was December seventh you know, 2006, it was a while ago, but uh, the accountability was a running group that I joined.
1: And so it, it really yeah. does work. That accountability makes such a difference, doesn't it? So I, I, uh, I, you know, you're talking there about the niggly ones. Yeah, so they just won't go away. So I have um, two dogs, one of whom was driving me crazy today because when I've got two podcasts this afternoon to record, he just, the Labrador went missing and basically ran off <laughs> Completely lost him. Uh, and unfortunately, and, and a friend found him. But I have always had it in the back of my mind. You know, I go jogging with the dogs. It's a quick way of getting them walked because you can get a 5K in really quickly. But I want to get better. I want to get a faster time. And you kind of have that there like, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that someday until someone's going to hold you accountable. So I was like, right, how am I actually going to get around to this? I'm going to hire a running coach, not because I don't know how to run, but because now somebody is going to basically program for me. That I'm going to run on certain days, and I'll make damn sure I make that run because I do not want to fail on the target. <laughs> and that accountability just changes everything. Where it's, it's, it's isn't it's it?
0: It's powerful. And for me, you know, I have a background as a personal trainer many years ago, and I know what to do in the gym, but I wasn't doing it. So, like you, I hired a personal trainer because I wanted to get back to strength training. And and that raises a good point. A coach can be an accountability partner. An exercise buddy can be an accountability partner. A, you know, a colleague at work or, you know, even your spouse, as long as you set the right kind of boundaries, can be an accountability partner. And it should be about positive, encouraging accountability. Uh, but also, you know, having that, that, uh, that, um, the the drawing the tough line and saying, we got to do this.
1: Yeah. And almost a bit of embarrassment if you don't do it as soon as you make it public, even if it is just the running coach, right? Well, that is just like, hey, you didn't make it today.
0: It's why people don't want to write down their goals. It's why people don't want to make them public, um, because then I, I have to fail publicly. But if you really want the goal, if you've really done the homework and really dug in with yourself and decided, yes, this is something I really, really want, then put all those pieces in place. It's not meant to be easy you know, doing the things that we want to get to higher levels of success are going to require us to step outside that comfort zone. And and I say that that's a good thing because everything good happens outside the comfort zone. We can't stay all comfortable and easy. You know, it has to be challenging sometimes. I don't like my personal training sessions. I love how I feel when they're done. And that's what we need to think of process versus outcome. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And also, I think with any goal, right, it's not just the end result. It's that person that you're becoming, because that's 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 so powerful. Like you are improving yourself. It doesn't matter what goal you set. If it's a positive outcome, then you are improving yourself every single day because you're changing the person to actually achieve that goal, whether that's a success goal, a fitness goal or whatever it is. It can be a small
0: step above where you've been before. And you look at yourself. and go, I just did that. I can't believe I did that. And and that's now your new normal. That's your, now your new baseline and you're building from there. It's a power of small steps yeah, where we get is. to celebrate the small wins and realize I'm in a place I've never been before in my life. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's amazing. So we've got success is goals. Um, we've looked at the B. I'm going to come back to fuel in a minute because the B and the D are important here. Mm-hmm. So we have discipline. Now this bit is hard. So even accountability, right? We can't have necessarily accountability on every single step of the way, right? So we're gonna have to have discipline. Um, How do you develop discipline? Because that's really the thing that gives you the consistency in those small steps, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and I I question whether we need to develop discipline, we just need to, to harness it in the right ways because all of us have discipline for something. You know, when I ask my audiences, I'm a, I'm a professional speaker. When I ask my audiences, you know, how many of you think you don't have any discipline? A lot of people will put their hands up because they're thinking about I don't have discipline for the things that I really want for myself that I keep putting off. But you have discipline to get up every day and do your job and raise your kids and and keep food on the table and do all of those things that keeps you a contributing member of society. You have discipline to take care of your aging parents. You have discipline to do so many things every single day. And we have discipline to pick up our phones. And I think this is part of the problem. We have discipline to spend hours scrolling social media or populating Pinterest or you know playing games um, or, or watching the television. And so we have to be aware of, of how we're using our time. You know? So the, it's, it's about reharnessing the discipline towards the things that you really want for yourself in, in my estimate.
1: Mm. Which is difficult, though, isn't it, when something is appealing, right? So you might think, I'm not going to spend that much time on my phone. But then something pops up, and it's quite interesting. And then it's easy to go down the rabbit hole, because one article led to another, and then all of a sudden, you're like, God, I just, I lost that time or it can be you know I'm going to if I'm going to take up a goal of exercising or meditating I'm going to set my alarm 15 minutes earlier and I'm going to get out of bed and go and do it but then we fail because the alarm comes on and then it's like oh tomorrow that's that's the biggest way of cheating yourself is the tomorrow because tomorrow never comes Um, how can you Hold yourself accountable to make sure that you do it when you're because I think it's at its hardest, isn't it? That discipline when you're trying to establish a new behavior that's the yeah. hardest thing. Once you get to yeah. that point of automaticity, now that is, as you say, it's become the new normal. It's like, well, you know, if you want to write, write, if you want to run, become a runner. Like it's, but then, but how do you get to that point? Because it's so hard sometimes getting and staying off the blocks.
0: Well, I think that first off, discipline becomes about what you learn to say no to, um, because we only have a certain number of waking hours every single day, and for most of your listeners, you know, myself included, um, they're pretty full. <laughs> you know, even if I'm not trying to chase a dream, I have a lot of stuff I got to do every single day. That's not that not that's that's taking up any time that I would have for those other pursuits. So. We need to do a, a, a very um, a r- rigorous inventory of the things that we're spending time on and ask ourselves, what do I need to say no to so I can say yes to myself? You know, these devices are designed you know, to, to hook your neural pathways in the same way that gambling and addiction does. And so once we get in there, it's like, oh, dopamine, 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 and we'll stay because it gives us a sense of calm or relief from the stress. And we have to recognize that and, you know, try and find ways to set it aside, do something different, know where your daily time drags are. What are the things that you're spending too much time on that aren't helping you get ahead? Is it too much time in front of the television in the evening? Is it too much time on your phone? Is it too much time answering low priority emails or doing low priority tasks? Is it too much time, you know, not getting up early enough or not getting enough exercise? Whatever it might be, be aware of where you're getting your time drags and then be then ask yourself that question again what do I want and how do you
1: fit that in in small steps yeah you know that's that's very powerful there's a question I always ask myself because saying no it's like when I when I've been given an opportunity I always will say and stop um, and I've learned to do this over time it's like if I say yes to this what am I saying no to? Because you're always saying no at the same time. I think a lot of mm-hmm. people don't realize that that you are hundred percent having to say no to something um, when you accept a new thing. And so it's the power of actually learning to say no. Unless and, and if it isn't a hell yes, then it's a no. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's. I think I I don't know if I wrote that in a book, but I've got a video about that. If it's not a hell yes, it should be a no. Mm. Yeah. Because we, you know, we have to, our time is, you know, it's our, it's our, it's our. We have a daily inventory that once it's, it's given, once it's used up, we we can't resell it. You know, we've got to be very vigilant about how we use our time, and and uh, you know, if you if you want something, then it is about saying no to the things that are stopping you from getting that. And because we are instant gratification, because we, you know, are kind of wound up by our pleasure centers, we we want the easy. Uh, more often than we want to do the work. And, and uh, I always, yeah, uh, you know, but, you know when, it, when it's about doing hard things, I often say, do it just to be done with it, because you can get a little bit of an endorphin hit by checking that thing off your to-do list. <laughs> do it to be done with it. But but there's a there's power in that, because you get to celebrate the win, and, and it'll remind you, yes, I can. And gosh, that wasn't as hard as I thought it was. And what I'll often say to people who are struggling is give yourself permission to just do less. If you're talking yourself out of it, if you're coming up with excuses, don't take that, that goal off of your daily plan, just, just do less of it. So the goal is to get to it. It's, 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 I often say it's not the doing that's tough, it's getting to it. So if we can get over it and just say, okay, I need to get some exercise today, but I don't feel like it, but I'm tired, but the weather's bad, but I've got other things to do put your sneakers on, head out the door and walk for just 10 minutes. And if mm-hmm. you don't feel like walking anymore, just turn around and walk home <laughs> 20 minutes. But I joke, but but chances are you're you, going
1: to feel like doing more, though, right? Yes, once once you've got you're started. doing it,
0: your your mind and body are gonna be going to be go. oh, this isn't so bad. Oh, actually, I'm quite enjoying this. And oh, look at me accomplishing this. And it can that works for anything. When I was writing the book, You know, I'd start in the morning and say, okay, I just need to write for 20 minutes. And, you know, some days that 20 minutes would come and I would finish. And other days I would just keep going because the momentum was carrying me. It's like, all right, I've done it. It's it's the starting that we need to do. So do it in small steps
1: it's so true isn't it it's like people will um, say they want to do something like an ice bath or a cold shower and there's tremendous benefits but then it feels so overwhelming in winter whereas if you go in and you go in the showers warm and you think I'm just going to start with a 10 second cold rinse you're still going to get that amazing endorphin and feeling of like I did it I did it I did it and chances are over time you're going to build that up and it's going to become a muscle that you grow and, and a discipline and then hey when you've had a cold shower Shower in the middle of winter then uh, nothing's going to seem hard that day so
0: (laughs) well what it is is your brain is remembering it has it has enough of a cache of the the positive feeling that you had after you did that thing yes and and, you know so when you're talking yourself out of it you've got enough of those remembrances of oh do you remember how good you felt last time and that's Mm. what keeps us going once we've once we've stepped into doing the work
1: yeah, it's very true. And if it if uh, if the out if the reward is good enough as well, right? Then you'll always do it. So on a really tough day, if I don't want to do it, I remind myself that it makes your hair shiny. <laughs> 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 and I've told my daughter that one, so now I have my eight-year-old daughter cold showering. So <laughs> it seems to work. Um, so we've got the discipline and the goals, and now and the beliefs. Now, this is the bit that for me is really transformational because it's the way that you fuel and the energy. And this is totally where I fell down. Because if I look at my own story, how I got to burnout, I was definitely super disciplined. I 100% believe that I could have that success and I did achieve it. And I used to set goals. But what I totally missed out on in those early days as a lawyer was fueling my body in the right way and maximizing my energy. And I just think that's. That, for me, is the magic, the magic in this equation.
0: Well, you know, and, and the reason why so many of us stumble on the energy piece is because our the physical body is an amazingly resilient piece of machinery. Mm. It will put up with a lot of stress for a long amount of time before it, before it says, you know, we need to stop this. Because we can, you know, I, I often say to my most um, ardent um, um, people who are, who are kind of looking at me, I don't know about this, that energy stuff is you can experience high months of success. If you don't exercise, if you eat the wrong foods, if you don't get enough sleep, if you've got high stress, low life balance, um, all of those things, the body will still keep going. And you prove that until it doesn't Right? Mm-hmm. we can experience high levels of success, but the reality of, of it is we won't be able to operate our, at our full potential and it won't come without a loss over time. Eventually, you know, burnout will come into the body and mind and we will need to stop and, and take care of ourselves. And we were talking about this before the show, Angela, you, you know, you mentioned that it took you a long time to get your health back. And, and that's, you know, the body is a, a resilient piece of machinery, but once we've gone too far in one direction, it does need healing time. It needs, mm. you know, we need to slow down. So I, 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 it's kind of my mission to help people not get to that point because we can get the energy in small steps and we can get it in other ways besides just moving, eating, sleeping, and drinking enough water. Those are the four important ones for our physical health, to move more, to eat healthfully most of the time, to make sure we're getting sleep, because that's when your body repairs from the stress of the day. Um, it's it's an important one. And to just simply drink more hydrating fluids, water, water, water. But we also get um, massive mental and emotional and cognitive energy boosts from you know, connecting with others. Um, you know, having social contacts that are positive, which has been challenging during the pandemic, especially for people who are living alone or not able to see family. And so we need we need to be creative around that. But we get um, oxytocin boosts, more of the happy hormones, when we connect with people uh, in meaningful ways. But I think the one where we have more um, more control over than we think is is this idea of taking time during the day to recharge our bodies, to stop, to pause, to take our breaks. And that's, that's um, it's such a small change in how we conduct ourselves throughout the day, but it can yield um, immeasurable um, energy and results. Because most of us will, you know, go through the day without pausing. Uh, you know, we skip our breaks and eat our lunch at our desk. And like I said earlier, we'll make ourselves a cup of tea and then Keep busy working all around it until the tea goes cold. We don't we don't take a break, and then our brain gets foggy, and our body gets tired, and we're no longer doing our best work. So you yeah. sustain that day after day after day, and that's when you get into the you know into ill health.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and that's when I think for people who are in very senior roles um, within organisations, or they are entrepreneurs. They require so much creativity. And, and I think that they underestimate poor sleep, poor um, management of stress, just how much that impacts your creativity. And as you say, not making that space, right? Creativity is, I love, I've interviewed Emily Fletcher, the founder of Ziva Meditation, a few weeks back on the show. Oh, well. And uh, she's an amazing, um, amazing woman. And she was talking about how, you know, that that thought in your head is From nature. That's where it came from. It's almost like you may not believe in God, but Mother Nature or the universe has planted that there, right? And if that thought is there, that already means it's possible. Otherwise, you couldn't have everything you see around you was created by somebody. Um, and the creative cycle is so important, right? Because nature is always, we only need to look at the seasons that's been happening for thousands of years. We're always going to go from spring into summer and then we have the fall and the winter. And so it's this cycle, isn't it, of growth, maintenance and destruction now the maintenance and the destruction is always going to be there but if you focus yourself on maintenance which so many people do because it's like well how can I I've made money how do I not lose it now or I've got to this kind of body shape how do I not lose that and you're in maintenance mode but nature's going to take care of that anyway you need to be always looking at creation and then the maintenance destruction kind of takes care of itself and that, that requires energy doesn't it
0: it really does I think uh that that we <laughs> And I've said it before, we really just need to listen to our bodies. And and when we don't, we're still like, this is the the problem. We're still able to do good work. Uh, And you had mentioned it earlier, you know, if people push back against this idea of energy as this magic multiplier of success, I would say, you know, you know, they'll say, I'm already experiencing success, but you know, if you're already experiencing success without taking care of your mind and body, imagine what will be possible once you do. And, uh, and we push it aside because because we've got so much to do in front of us, and we, we tell ourselves we don't have the time. And that's where I challenge people, because we always have time for something, and we will always find time for the things that we want to do, and oftentimes it's not taking care of our physical health, mm. it, it, which is fascinating to me. Um, but I also believe that when people get too far on one side with their ill health, they're out of shape, they're carrying extra weight, they you know, they might be smoking, uh, whatever it might be, the mountain that's in front of them that they have to climb to get to health may seem so ominous that they'll just sit back down and say, nope, not today. And as you said earlier, I'll do it tomorrow. But that's, again, I will say where small steps make a big impact, um, you know, just do one small thing, you know movie sleeper hydrate just a little bit better every single day and your body will tell you when it wants more it'll tell you as long as you're consistent in your actions you know to eat just a little bit more healthy to eat less sugar and processed foods and more food that actually grew somewhere right to um, move your body every single day and and this is an interesting one for people because um much of the media will have that go big or go home idea around exercise. And what I will say to, um, to your listeners the goal for exercise is for you to consistently do more than what is normal for you, which again is different from every single person on this planet. If you're currently active, you know, and you're already doing a lot of exercise, then your more is a little bit more intensity every now and then an extra day every now and then trying something different every now and then a little bit longer workouts. And you know, but if you're currently not active, it's good news, because more doesn't need to be much. And yeah. I'm very serious about that. You know, we we can't go from from the sofa to, you know, five days a week of high intensity, we can't do that uh, and sustain it. So I, I often say, you know, 10 minutes of doing is better than the hour that you were thinking about doing. Just get out and go for a 10-minute walk and do it again tomorrow and do it again the next day. It, and and the next, you know, then it'll become 11 minutes and it'll become 12 minutes. It'll become walking up hills and stairs and you know, jogging. I use exercise as, as an example because it's mm-hmm. something that everybody can relate to, but small steps.
1: For sure. And I think people underestimate, actually, when you talk about that with walking, people really underestimate the power of walking. Yes, you know, they kind of know that it's good for overall health. But I did um, an experiment over the summer when it was um, when obviously we have much more light in the UK. And it was like, right, every single day, I'm going to consistently at six o'clock in the morning, the sun's up, I'm going to go for a walk with my dogs, then they were happier, I was happier, it was a huge mood boost, my husband and I would do it together. And Actually, like this was without running. I was weight training and doing other things at this point. My resting pulse dramatically reduced on the basis of a brisk morning walk and I think that's the thing people always feel like you were saying much earlier on in the podcast that it's suddenly got to be this massive goal isn't it it's like now suddenly like January's coming and I've decided that I'm going to do a detox and this amazing diet and I'm going to get in the best shape of my life unlikely ever to last because it's going to be so restrictive and so just new year based as you say it's like there's never a good time. New Year's not the time to set goals, right? Today is the day to set the goal. Today is the day. Yeah. This is the best day. There's never going to be a better one. And imagine then- how
0: much you can accomplish by the same time next week if you just take small steps every single day. Mm. It's sustainable. And if you're if your time and energy are already stretched, if you're looking at a weekly calendar that's so full you don't know where you're where you're going to find the time, then you absolutely need to take a small steps approach to carve out just a little bit of time every single day for you, for self-care. And that's why I love the idea of a morning walk or a morning meditation, doing something for yourself straight out of the gates to just set the tone for the day. And once we're in it, again, it's experiential. Once we're in it, our mind and body light up to this, look, I'm doing this and look at how good I feel. And, and, the small steps don't matter because your brain does not care about the magnitude of your effort. It cares that you're checking it off your to-do list. You'll mm. feel it. And so I will often say movie, sleep and hydrate better in small steps. Not only will you get more physical energy, but you'll have this emotional boost because you're doing things for yourself that up until now you've been putting off waiting for, you know, the chance to do it big, to do it properly quote unquote. In this time and age where everybody is busy and distracted as we are, I I say small steps for the win.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think that's the thing. It's the power of those small steps, isn't it? A hundred percent. So what would be then your, I guess your, to kind of close, actually, before we do that, because there was one, there was one I'm looking down, there was a question that I had. We talked about beliefs, but You also talk about attitude, self-confidence and self-efficacy. Now, self-confidence is something that I know people struggle with, not necessarily in all areas. As you say, you might have somebody who's very confident that, you know, maybe they're a bit of an athlete at school, they're really, really fit, but then they don't feel confident speaking publicly or somebody's very successful in business, but now they've put on a bit of weight. They don't feel confident going to the gym. Um, How do you build self-confidence so that you can have that um, innate feeling of inner security that will propel you to success?
0: I don't think that we can gain self-confidence by sitting and thinking about it. Um, self-confidence is built by small small steps of uh, small efforts that we realize we can do it. Uh, mm. it, it comes from action. And, and it, it, that can be an uncomfortable place to be, but that's why I believe small steps are so powerful because if we just do something that we're a little bit uncomfortable with. And, you know, we don't fall flat on our faces. It proves to ourso- ourselves that we can. And, you know, we start to look at the world in a different way. Well, if I did that, then maybe I can do this. Um, yeah. And and Absolutely. coaching as well is a powerful thing. I, I, I became a coach. I became a professional coach and in 2011 because i kept meeting people who had no idea how extraordinary they were (laughs) i kept meeting people having conversations and they would be down talking themselves i'm like do you see what i see like how can you not see how amazing you are because all of us have it within us all of us have you know capacity for greatness if we just allow ourselves to think that way and so my wish would be that if if you can dream it you can do it you know step out and try something that moves you outside your comfort zone just a little bit and and I will say just a little bit because there are, you know, if you set the goal too big and you step out, then there's going to, you're going to be in a panic zone and you're going to retreat back to that comfort, so you know that's I'm going again with small, small steps or good steps seems yeah. to be the theme of the day
1: <laughs> it's true and realizing right that you're going to fail along the way that's an important part of course, nobody yeah. ever learned to walk without falling over did they so
0: I say don't call it failure call it research you know when you fall <laughs> you have a little bit of an error it's a like, fall oh, that didn't work okay what am I not going to do next yeah yeah
1: yeah it's true there's a powerful lesson as well in everything um so thank you so much Michelle for coming on the show. Um it was absolutely amazing to have you here. Before you go, let's how can people find you? That your book is now out. I think you were telling me that it's also going to be out on Audible, which I'm very excited about in the in the next month or so, is it? Is that a January release? Yeah, really well it,
0: it is it is going to be in the new year and I say that because because of the pandemic, um the uh, platform that makes the Audible for Amazon is is uh over it's overloaded there's a lot of people who are doing their uh audiobooks now so it is going to be on audible in new year uh, it's available on amazon in the uk um you can check out my website uh, michellecederberg.com. um but if you're in the uk it's going to be best for you to get it at amazon i think but i hope you do and uh do email me and tell me what you think of it
1: yeah, for sure. And what about on so you mentioned your website there? How can people connect with you? Are you on the social media platforms? What's the best way of um
0: Yes, well, and this is probably an easier way for everybody to find me than the six uh, go to successenergybook.com. All of my social channels are there and a link to my other website is there. Information about the book is there. Um Uh, and then if you want to buy the book, you can check out Amazon in the UK.
1: Amazing. I will link to all of that in the show notes. Thank you so much for coming and sharing all of that wonderful expertise and all the research that you've put into this, this brilliant book. So thanks so much, Michelle. It's been great. Thank you,
0: you, Angela. It's been a lot of fun.
1: Thanks so much for listening to today's episode of the High Performance Health Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. I will link to everything that we talked about over in the show notes on my website, AngelaFosterPerformance.com. If you're interested in getting Michelle's brand new book, The Energy Success Equation, that is available on Amazon and I believe coming soon to Audible. Um, I also want to tell you about something very exciting that I have just launched myself. It's a brand new masterclass series, which for a limited time is available completely free and will help you to optimize your health and performance and longevity going into 2021 it's a four-part video masterclass series which will basically change the way that you eat move and sleep so if you're interested as i say it is free at the moment you can go and register your free spot by heading over to bit.ly forward slash longevity masterclass that's bit.ly slash longevity masterclass. And as I say, it's completely free at the moment. And it's a four part video series with me explaining and breaking down really how you can eat, move and sleep for high performance and longevity in business and life. So thanks again for listening and I will see you on the next episode.
0: Thanks for listening. Remember to review and subscribe.